On the last episode of Modern Practice, we discussed how various departments in the healthcare organizations can effectively collaborate with clinical documentation staff, which can improve coding accuracy and thus improve care and reimbursement. Today, we'll go a little further on this discussion. I'm your host, Dr. Tom Villanueva, Senior Principal for Operations and Quality at Vizient and Practicing Internist. I welcome back Amber Sterling, Senior Consultant for Clinical Documentation Improvement at Vizient. Amber, great to have you back. Thank you, Tom. Very happy to be back. As a hospitalist, it became very enlightening how my documentation reflected on my data on my length of stay. Can you mention about that? Yeah. So back in my days of case management, I was a manager for both the case management and utilization review department at a large hospital where I live. And one of the things that we started doing was link the stay rounding. And it was interesting because in case management, you typically don't have CDI knowledge. Mm -hmm. So the assigning of a DRG, I remember that being brought to us and literally, Tom, a list of APR DRGs because we were a children's hospital. And they said, just pick the one that looks the most close close to what you think the patient's here for. Right. So it was very interesting. But ultimately, what we decided to do is find out who in our hospital was managing that information, the CDI department, right. and partner with them to get a DRG assignment and talk then in rounding, in our length of stay roundings, where it was a multidisciplinary every day, what's the plan for the day? What's the plan for the stay? And talking about that length of stay, along with principal diagnosis assignment, is this correct? CDI would oftentimes communicate with us about if they needed additional diagnoses, because at this point they weren't rounding with us. They were just giving us the information. So I think in length of stay management, so many providers are feeling the heat for why is your patient not out the door? Right. The case management departments are feeling the heat. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to have a high outlier <laughs> reporting, right, right. but there isn't good communication in a lot of institutions around what is the accurate DRG? Are we validating that on a regular basis with the provider in a way that is meaningful and effective for the provider. I don't think that they need another query. If you can help it, if you can do something with something like rounding, that's always great. But yeah, length of stay is definitely one that's had a lot of attention and will continue to have a lot of attention, I think, just because of the outlier reporting that's happening. And that would lead me to the conclusion that then CD has a huge component with your utilization review process as well. Yeah, absolutely. Again, you get to know different departments. And since I had the background in UR when I started in CDI, my first question was, now hang on a second. We're looking at the DRG assignment and we're pulling a principal diagnosis based on the documentation. And we have some criteria for diagnoses, but this is our process. UR is over here looking at their designated screening tool, Mm -hmm. and they have very specific criteria that they have to use for every single admission, and they may not match up. Does that result in anything? Are are there denials because of this? And that's very organization specific, I think. But it is, I think, a way that CDI and UR could partner. Let's just give an example of an inpatient admission. A patient from the UR perspective doesn't meet that criteria. Could CDI take a look at the record, maybe find some additional information that they can query the provider for. And that could possibly help to prevent that case from going to a second level review. Because the second level review for a UR department is usually an outsourced company and it's very costly. So if there's something you can do internally with the process, I think it makes a lot of sense to utilize the expertise that you have in-house before going to an expensive out-of-house resource. We pretty much all discussed inpatient settings. What might be the collaboration with CDI in the outpatient setting? 
we just did a project where we just looked at the ER billing portion for levels. And what was interesting in this particular project was how much of the billing was supported by nursing documentation. Mm -hmm. And in talking to the nurses, they had zero idea that that's where it came from. Right. Because in their minds, I mean, and I felt this way too, as a bedside nurse, I did the documentation. If you need to know if it happened, I put it here. Why would I put it here? You know, a lot of times you're being asked to document in two or three different places. Places. Right. So with CDI, especially with somebody who has an ER background, knows typically when a patient comes in with this, they're going to be on a cardiac monitor. They're oftentimes going to be on oxygen. We're going to do an in and out cath instead of just a clean catch. Those are things that make a lot of difference for the level in the ER that as a CDI specialist, you could help to make sure are captured concurrently when the patient is there. Also, just with nursing education, going through the documentation, working with the ER management to say, here are where the gaps are. And here is where you can focus. Here's the most important area to focus on if you're going to try and make changes. Because just like everyone else, we're all being asked to do more with less. Right. So again, using your in-house expertise and giving education points, something to the effect of a key performance indicator just to see that needle move, I think would be really helpful. But CDI can definitely offer that to the ER. And in going in and talking with these ER leadership, they were so grateful. They said they had no idea that that's where this was coming from. And they've already started implementing changes and they're seeing a huge benefit from it. That's amazing. So we're going to discuss now communication, but right before we started our podcast, you and I were speaking to in reference to the silos that quite frankly have gotten worse. Mm -hmm. And even among our CDI colleagues, many of them are even working more virtually. So what I was accustomed to is working with my CDI team out on the floors real time. And you just don't see that as much. So what are ways we can create communication between departments or improve on that communication? The pandemic definitely changed how we're going to have to do this for a lot of organizations. There was always the issue of office space for ancillary departments like CDI, but it seems like that was definitely a contributing factor to keeping CDI specialists at home after the pandemic is now we don't have to worry about the office space. So just to say, we got to go back to the way things were. We need to have person-to-person interaction. I'm a huge believer in that, but I don't know that that's always realistic. But we do have technology that has emerged from the pandemic, Mm -hmm. from previous to that as well, that helps to connect departments in a way that's a little bit easier to manage than an absolutely busting at the seams email inbox. So (laughs) yeah, yeah, I think we're all kind of sick of the inbox overload. (laughs) Actually, it's uh, the most common cause of physician burnout. It's the inbox. I do not doubt it. And you have multiple inboxes. You have your Epic, your EMR (laughs) inbox, you have all the inboxes. So I think one of the ways to make a meaningful communication strategy for different departments is to understand what your technology is capable of Mm -hmm. and what's the ripple effect of that. So for example, there is a very well-known CDI software that has the capability of communicating with the quality department. We'll just give that as an example. So then the quality department can access these cases on a centralized list and you can specifically assign it to specific quality personnel Mm -hmm. or you can just have a general list. But in any case, 
It gives a day-to-day review of communications that's easily accessible, that the quality department can open that communication, respond right there, and then the CDI specialist can respond back all within this one software application. It keeps things out of the EMR that maybe are not appropriate to be in the EMR for messaging. Mm -hmm. So that's not part of the permanent medical record, just something that's more of an in-house discussion. So I think working with your informatics team and what that workflow could look like, making sure that you understand the ripple effects of what that will be for each workflow. Too often, I think we get a little gung-ho on, hey, we need to communicate this. Here's something that we can do. So everybody just do it. I totally get it. Amber, thanks for this discussion. And we'll continue it in our next episode. And to our listeners, you can contact Amber at her email address listed in the resource section of our podcast page. And if you have any additional questions pertaining to modern practice or simply want to send me your comments, please contact me at our email at modernpracticepodcast at visionc.com. We've posted a link in our resource section as well. And please join us for other Modern Practice Podcasts. Subscribe today, like us, or send us your comments. I'm Dr. Tom Villanueva. Thanks for listening.